And it's like, yes, they can shotgun your product out and get in front of millions and millions of people. But like, what's the value of that one second impression? There is value. Obviously, people convert and they buy. But that versus this really rich moment where you're going to be part of someone's life. These products are going to be part of someone's life for two, three days a week. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. So a few months ago, my wife Gabby and I were staying at a quintessential beach cottage in San Diego. The home was about a mile from the beach, which was perfect biking distance. There was only one problem. The home didn't come with bikes and the nearest bike rental shop was fully committed throughout our stay. Now we really wanted bikes. So much so that we actually asked our host if she knew anyone personally that we might be able to rent bikes from. Alas, she did not. But today I wanna introduce you to a company who is solving for this very problem. Meet Mount, a platform that enables STR hosts to transform their homes into full-fledged vacation experiences. Mount lets you rent just about anything to your guests. Bikes, scooters, golf carts, kayaks, and even private chefs and masseuses. With the simple scan of a QR code, guests can explore all of the rental amenities that you have to offer. Guests can browse, book, and access anything that you make available to them in a matter of seconds. Mount makes it easy for guests to access anything additional they might need during their stay, and for hosts to increase their revenue per booking. Oh, and if you don't have a bike or a scooter to rent, no problem. Mount can provide one for you. Learn more about how you can earn more via your short-term rental with Mount, or get started by listing your very first amenity at rentmount.com. And if you'd like your first month free, send an email to help at rentmount.com and mention Sponstaneous. Again, that's help at rentmount.com. In just a moment, you'll meet Mark Kostovsky, founder and CEO of Minoan, a customizable curated retail platform for short-term rental hosts. Mark is a self-proclaimed boutique geek and is passionate about the future of retail. After spending nearly six years working at Jet.com and then Walmart, which acquired Jet.com, he quickly realized that the best product experience don't happen on screen or shelves, they happen in real moments of use, in the quote-unquote wild. Mark founded Minoan to help hosts create and capitalize on rich moments in their homes, save money on everything that they need to buy, and spend a fraction of the time on the unsexy things that come along with ordering, such as tracking, routing, logistics, etc. Tune in to discover the exciting story of the early days of Minoan and learn how you, as an STR host, can leverage Minoan for a current or future property. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Mark. Alrighty, sir. We are we are live, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. I really enjoyed our our quick like pre-interview chat a couple weeks ago. And I had heard about Minoan from or I had seen it on Instagram or Twitter or something. Um, and I was like, who is behind this? And then I think somebody from like, I don't know, your like PR team or your PR agency sort of like reached out and it was like this, it was perfect because I was just like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what this brand, or I think I know what this brand is. Sure enough, by a quick Google search, I realized, oh, this is the same people that I saw like on Instagram or, or Twitter. <laughs> so Mark, it's a, it's a honor to be chatting with you. Yeah, it's great to, to chat with you. Well, actually, the backstory there is Sage had reached out on our team. She does a lot of uh, property partnerships. So there'll, I'm sure you have a lot of hosts listening. There'll be a few of them who know Sage. She's very active uh, in the community. But um, it's actually my my wife who works at DoorDash. Okay. And there are a few of her coworkers who are like, um, yeah, really interested in getting into short-term rentals. Um and they were, and then she came to me, she's like, have you done behind the stay yet? And I was like, no, but, <laughs> but if everyone's telling you I need to go on there, we should reach out. So yeah. And so then uh, that's how we, we got in touch. Yeah. And then I also loved our conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm really excited to, to, to jump into things. I think you bring a good perspective to the space. No, it's no wonder why you have such a, 
strong audience. Ah, well, thanks, man. Hey, it's uh, it's been a it's been a privilege. And just I was telling my wife this morning, I was like, you know what? If I could just like talk to people like Mark like all day, I I, I like legitimately think I could do this for eight straight hours. And if I could like <laughs> make enough money to just justify like podcasting, and that's it, like yeah. dude, that's the dream, man. That's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> like getting to hear people's stories, getting to brainstorm ideas. Like what more? What more could a could a guy ask for? You know? <laughs> no, I agree. I I enjoy coming on. You know, talking to people like you. Well, good, man. Well, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask folks that come on the show is to throw this scenario at them. So if I were to crash a a happy hour with you and and some of your closest friends and I were to ask them to tell me a little bit about Mark, what might they say? How might they describe you? Or is is there a story they might immediately tell about you? (laughs) It's funny because I I just got married over the weekend, so I got to hear a lot of people um, talk about me. (laughs) So it's... uh, it's top of mind. I think that, um, I think people would say that I'm very loyal and disciplined. Okay. Um, I'm pretty like, uh, I'm a big believer in the power of habit. That was a life-changing book for me. And I read that in a time where like, there are a lot of habits that I wanted to have like around working out or reading that I just wasn't sticking with. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've read the book, but basically. I haven't. No, I have, I've heard a lot oh, about it, but I haven't great. read it. Oh, that's great. Well, I don't, the summary, the the big takeaway is basically that um, habits take place in a different part of your brain. And so they tell a story about a patient who had amnesia um, and couldn't remember his family's names, couldn't remember anything, but could still walk his dog, you know, on their one and a half mile loop around the uh, neighborhood and get back safely. And if you stopped him at any point, like halfway through, like, hey, do you know where you are? You know, you'd look around and be like, I have no, where am I? No. But, um, and so basically habits are in a different part of your brain. Huh. And, uh, um, and so I'm pretty disciplined and like, I like to wake up and work out. I like to read. I'm pretty disciplined about reading before bed, getting blue light away from my face. And I think loyal, loyal because, um, you know, I'm big on relationships. Mm. I really like value the people, um, in my circle. I'm very reliant on them. Uh, and it's important that they can rely on me. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, goofy, funny. Um, yeah, I think you get it. I mean, you do, good, you're the full package, man. I, I love it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is you know, what more could you ask of, of somebody? Um, is there a, is there a book you're reading right now that's like particularly interesting or compelling? Uh, yeah, I'm reading. So I'm actually. I usually read two books at a time. So I like one fiction okay. so I can like, let my, like a little more escapist, like let me, so I'm reading uh, the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, which is just like an epic uh, series. Okay. You know, it's kind of like, it's just an epic like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Got or it, stuff got it. Okay. Like that, which is good. That's really good. Um, and then uh, what else am I reading? Uh, Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. He talks about, uh-huh. Um, the beginning of the universe yeah. and like all the atoms that exist in the universe, you know, the big bang theory basically is that it all was together in the size of, it's just like mind blowing stuff that you like learn about when you're younger, but I kind of forgot about. Forget along the way. Bill Bryson's also got a book called the body, the body which is okay. just all about the human body. Um, and it goes through like the different parts of your body, organs, um, skin, like, uh, which is also fascinating. Dude, like, you clearly are, have like, you have a ton of interests. I, that's what I'm gathering. I like. really do. <laughs> I mean, like, um, the craziest thing about like, you know, I, I, we are a technology company. I, I love reading about technology startups and the advancements in technology, but you read a book about like the human body. And my biggest takeaway is like, man, the craziest technology in the world is actually in us, you know, with all these little <laughs> cells and or it's just like so incredible. Yeah, um, it's, or it's like whenever you read like a stat about like how little we actually know about like how the human brain like works, right? And you're just yeah. like, you're like, we haven't figured this out yet. Like, what the hell has everyone been doing all these years? <laughs> like, yeah. Right? yeah, it just goes like you think we figured everything out, and then you get into some of these categories, and you're like, oh man, we really we will look back on this time in a hundred years, just like we look back on the yeah. 1900s. You know, so like they knew nothing. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, um, beyond being an interesting kind of like well-read 
individual. You've also like had like a pretty interesting career today. Uh, I want to talk about Minoan and really kind of like what you're doing here. But before before we do that, um, you want to just give us like a quick little, you know, background on on where you've worked and, and what you've done to date and give us sort of the the story behind how Minoan came to be. Yeah, sure. So I started my career in sales, which is something that uh, I actually now actively recommend to recent graduates, just because I think I hated it at the time. I mean, I was like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm basically a glorified telemarketer. This is not where I <laughs> myself, but you really learn a lot when you're trying to catch people and pitch them on an idea with 20 seconds of time and, yeah. you, and you get rejected 95% of the time. I think you just build some calluses that are really important later on. Uh, after that, I, I was an early employee at a company called jet.com, which was an e-commerce marketplace. Uh, that company grew from not existing to doing, uh, $80 million a month within Jeez. 10 months. Um, the founders sold that business to Walmart, um, for a good, good chunk, just North of $3 billion in 2016. And then I took over, uh, a pretty large business at Walmart, uh, $400 million business, um, and that was when I sort of, you know, at jet.com, I learned e-commerce yeah. so sort of the core tenants of, uh, I mean, like digital merchandising and running a digital business where you're selling retail products. And then the, at Walmart, I started to get a little more exposure to the brick and mortar side, like spent time in Bentonville, Arkansas, hmm. you know, doing four tours, uh, uh, did a sourcing trip to China to look at uh, products to import. And the biggest takeaway for me in that experience was actually that the best product experiences don't actually happen on screens the way they do in e-commerce and they don't happen on shelves in aisles the way they do to, at a Walmart or a Target or a Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, they happen in real moments of use. Huh. You can use product and see how good it is at sort of solving the job to be done. And that's sort of where the idea of, of native retail and Minoan really came about. And so to to bring this um, to give an example, right? So you're, you're what you're saying here is like, when I'm at my buddy's house and I he's like, hey, you know, you uh, you you want an old fashioned, and he makes me an old fashioned, and I'm like, I he gives me the highball glass, and I'm like, oh, this is like a this is a cool highball glass. Like that's an example of me, and, and inevitably I'll say, where did you get this, right? And yeah, is that sort of like a rough articulation of kind of like what you mean by? using product in real life and that being sort of the best the best kind of sales pitch for the product if you will yeah exactly i mean i think native retail is um it's about experiencing products in contextually relevant environments mm. so there's no salesperson over your shoulder as you're not like going through other people's reviews it's you're just using it and so yeah. that's a great example i think uh, showering at mm. a friend's house and being like, man, the shower head is great. What is this? Or the soap or the shampoo or the hair dryer? Like, you know, like hair dryers, as an example, are designed, you know, the product designers, the manufacturers, they, they create this product to dry and style hair. Yeah. How can you tell how good a hair dryer is at drying <laughs> and styling hair Without on using Amazon. It. Yeah. Yeah. In a box in a Best Buy. Yeah. You can't. That that kind of concept is what we mean by by native uh retail. Native and retail. the implications of it, I mean, in our business specifically, is we get like no returns. Yeah. <laughs> because because people have already used it. So they they know what that product is about. They know what it's like. There's no risk of getting catfished, you know, but <laughs> You know, uh, you get to actually use the product. And so it's, it's dramatically low, like very, very, very low return rates. Um, is it, is this, is this idea of native retail, something that like, are you guys trying to own? Are you trying to like, is is this term, this, is this categorization something that you all kind of spun up or has it been around for a while? I, I had not seen it. Uh, we had, I think to be honest, you know, like I was trying to explain, I just, you know, obviously spent like three minutes explaining this, but I was having a really <laughs> tough time distilling it down to like, well, what is this? Yeah. Like, what does this mean? And so originally I was calling it organic retail, but then I was like, that just sounds like organic pro. I don't think that really gets yeah. across. And so I thought of native advertising. Yeah, where exactly. It's like, no, no, yeah, no, the yeah, ad yeah. is 
it's embedded in the content, in the flow of yep. how that person's reading. It's not a pop-up on the side. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we, uh, we're the first ones that I've seen use the term, um, but I don't think that we necessarily, um, I see native retail as sort of a category like e-commerce, yeah. yeah. brick and mortar. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, we will be the market leader in native retail, just like Amazon is the market leader in e-commerce. I mean, they have like 50%. Well, last I should check, it's like 50% of all e-commerce. Yeah. That's through Amazon. But I wouldn't say Amazon owns the term e-commerce. Sure, They're sure. just sort of the leader in the, the leader in the category. Yeah. I, I for what it's worth, I love that. Like the minute you said that, I, I hadn't heard you say it before. And the minute you just said that, it made a ton of sense. Like it, it it does it does the job, I think, at helping communicate. And maybe that's because like, you know, I have a marketing background and so like I'm well aware of native advertising. Right. Uh, and so maybe I'm pulling from that. Um, but but it makes a ton of sense and uh it's it's a great way to kind of package what what it is that you all are trying to do couple quick couple uh questions before we dive into minoan in a little bit more detail here um and this is these are just selfish questions but like what was it like being early on at jet.com and then moving into leading this massive operation at walmart like were there were there particularly like stark contrasts that you encountered uh did you like one more than the other any just kind of quick nuggets or, or uh, musings question. on like the the vast difference from being uh, an early employee at a you know a startup that scaled so quickly versus kind of leading an, an enterprise at you know one of America's most long-standing beloved or hated depending on who you talk to brands <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really I, I think that both those experiences I think I've drawn from both to make at least the early days of Minoan as successful as they've been. And mm -hmm. I think to go back a little bit further. So before I skip this part, but before I joined Jet, I actually tried to start my own company called Tailor, which was a virtual tailoring. Uh -huh. um, you know, I, I just was trying, I had a lot of shirts that did not fit me well, and I was trying to figure out a way to get them to fit. And so mm -hmm. I, that, that was my first run in with the entrepreneurial buzzsaw, meaning I was like, man, this is hard. It's hard. Like, you know, you read books about it and people say it's hard, but that was the first time I was like, it's hard. It's even harder than what I thought. Yeah. Um, so, uh, going to jet, I think I was like, oh, this is how it's done. Okay. Like it was just such a clean, uh, I mean, we were making lots of mistakes, but the people were very, very talented and the strategy was very, clear. Okay. And Mark Laurie and the leadership did a really good job of keeping everyone in sync mm. on the mission and vision. Mm. This is where we're going and this is your responsibility. And I'm, we're not going to tell you how to do it. We're just going to tell you, this is where we need to go. And this is what you're responsible for. And just, you kind of just create this sort of team of teams yeah. where people are just going and figuring stuff out. And, and I was looking around, I was like, man, these are like missionaries. These yeah. people are bought in. Yeah. And we did a lot and we moved quickly and we were scrappy. And at times, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, can we, are we, can we do this? And it's like, yeah, just do it. This is, you know, it's like, I think I got a little more comfortable with like um, taking risks really yeah. and taking big swings, um, which you have to do. Um, it's tough to be risk averse and try and build something. Yeah. Uh, Walmart the biggest thing for me was, you know, I went from ordering a couple million dollars worth of products and inventory decisions to like ordering like a hundred million dollars worth of trampolines. Yeah. You know? geez, wow. Um, and it's like, you're looking at those POs purchase orders yeah. and you're, you're like, wow, this is a lot. This is going to like fill a lot, <laughs> you know, and then you go to the warehouse and you're like, these are all our trampolines, all of these, you know, at the scale. Yeah. Of like, man, and 400 million. Yeah. It's a big business. Not for Walmart though, yeah. actually. Walmart <laughs> is 500 billion a year over that. Yeah. So, so the scale and then just how a business needs to run at that scale. Um, you know, Jed is like, focus on the big picture stuff. The details don't matter. Walmart is like the details matter because these little details have millions of, of a lot of zeros yeah, coming out. associated with them. <laughs> like, yeah. Saving five cents on your costs on a trampoline 
uh, there's a material difference. Yeah. Um, and, um, and also I think at Walmart, you learn how to sort of use scale and throw your weight around, um, um, you know, to like build a better business. Yeah. You know, at Jet, it's like, we were kind of morphing to our suppliers and what they did at Walmart. It's like, no, you morph to us. And yeah. so sort of these standards you can put in place that of course suppliers get frustrated with, but it just helps make this machine run. And there's lots, man. I mean, like I have so many perspectives, but the two of those together, I think gave me really good retail expertise. Yeah. It's really like retail is all about people have needs and retail is about helping that putting the right products in front of them to solve those needs. You can do that digitally. You can do that in stores. You know, you can do that on catalogs. That was what e-commerce, you know, before e-commerce, there was a, <laughs> and, um, and so that's what I think I've really gotten to build expertise in and yeah. then trying to take that and build it in the native world, which is like, well, how is it different? You know, how, what, how do you, if someone's actually sleeping on the mattress three or four nights in a row and in a short-term mental versus lying on one in a mattress firm for two seconds with no sheets on it. There's yeah. like kids running around versus going onto a page and, um, you know, it's like this mattress is soft. This mattress is comfortable. That's good for back sleepers and side sleepers. It's like, yeah, they all are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you then use native and build a, a best in class experience around that? Yeah. I mean, and that's the new frontier that we're, we're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I feel like these experiences that you had too, they're on maybe on opposite ends of the spectrum, but yet to your point, like, Hey, being able to go and work at a company like jet.com who then sells to, you know, the largest to second largest, depending on the day or, you know, depending on how you're thinking about it, real yeah. retailer, um, shows you, I think like, okay, if I'm going to go do something in this space, you've seen, you've seen the fledgling stages where like there were no resources and there was nothing to incredible resources and, and yeah. national brand, right? International brand. And so being able to see that, that whole like arc, if you will, I feel like that that's a rare thing that a lot of like founders get to get to see and experience in, in a meaningful way. Um, so super, super cool. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. Uh, that's a nice kind of segue into what I really want to talk about, which is Minoan and the the awesome stuff that you're doing there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like try to pitch this to you based off of my understanding of what Minoan is, and, yeah. and then you correct me like where I'm wrong here, right? So I, my wife and I, spent the last year and a half living full time on Airbnb. Okay, and we stayed in over sixty Airbnbs and. You know, we encountered every kind of mug one might, you know, encounter pretty much every kind of mattress, pretty much every kind of, you know, lamp, right? <laughs> every kind of light bulb. And there was there were times where we'd go and we'd be in a place and we'd be like sleeping on a mattress, right? And my wife would be like, 
oh my gosh, I freaking love this. Like this bed is so comfortable. Like, and we'd go and we'd like, like try to pick up the sheet and like look for the tag. And she'd try to figure out like, where's this mattress? Oh, this one's an avocado. Oh, this one's a purple. Oh, this, you know, whatever. Um, and, and same thing with the couches. Oh, oh, this couch is from like West Elm. This couch is from Pottery Barn, you know, whatever. We love this couch, right? So what Minoan does uh, is it helps short-term rental hosts um, make the inventory that they have in, in their respective spaces, their beds, their couches, their mugs, their, you know, fill in the blank. They make it accessible for guests to be able to figure out where are these products from and then for guests to actually be able to like purchase those products while they're on, you know, vacation in in the respective short-term rental and i'm sure there's some sort of kickback to the host or there's some sort of affiliate fee or revenue whatever is that how did i do how is that roughly what what am i missing no you 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 nailed it i mean the that that's like the big premise of native retail is capitalizing on those rich moments in the in the rentals the other thing we do is we we help these hosts procure the west elm ah nice sofa the mattress the cookware at like steep, steep discounts. I mean, up to like 60% off because, because what we're saying, we go to these brands and we're like, you're spending all this money on Facebook and Google, yeah. you know, like an avocado or a purple or whatever. And we're like, and yet there are these incredibly rich moments happening every single day in these properties. And you're just not there. Yeah. You're not there in the right ways. Um, we want to help you be there. But you need to start looking at these hosts as marketing partners. Ah, yeah. Not just customers for you guys to make money off of. So that's a very different economic relationship. So we negotiate these really steep discounts. And we go to the host and say, hey, buy from us. You'll save up to 60% on the stuff you need to buy anyways. Yeah. And then you kind of opportunistically, we see a lot of hosts who opportunistically upgrade because they're like, oh, well, if I can get this at like 60% off, you know, maybe I will get like a high chair for a baby or maybe I will get fitness equipment. Yeah. Um, then we help the property make it shoppable <laughs> so that they can then recoup what they even initially spent on those products in the first place and eventually make those assets profitable. Yeah. So if you, you buy a mattress at 60% off, so you're paying 40% of retail Yeah. and you get a, let's say it's a 20% commission every time you sell one, there is a kickback. Yep. That means if you sell two mattresses, it pays for mattresses paid for itself. Yeah. And then after that, it's just a profit. It's profitable, yeah. actually. And so it kind of creates this flywheel where hosts have this huge advantage. Yeah. Like they can spend more to get nice stuff in the property. But over time, it pays for itself and then they can upgrade more frequently. And that's sort of like the evangelism we do in the industry is like, hey, if you if you start to view your property a little bit differently yeah um you don't view these things just as a cost center like yeah i need this and i want to spend as little as possible i need soaps you know i need silverware it's like no no like look at the economics of what do i save what could i make um how does this impact the overall adr even i mean yeah you charge more because you have nicer stuff exactly that's like you know i think the hosts that we work with now they have a huge leg up on other people doing this in their area because they just have this they were like competing with a huge cost advantage yeah yeah no i i this is this is brilliant so like if i if i'm like interested in starting a short-term rental and i've you know maybe i'm building a home from the ground up like maybe i'm doing like the whole like you know uh outdoor den or whatever the hell is that what they're called outdoor den like the the prefab like uh cabins that you can buy and drop on like land yeah yeah um yeah a bunch of those. and you know some of them are just like just the designs and then you customize them to your heart's content but let's say i wanted to do something like that and then from the get-go i'm like hey i want to i want to design like a instagram worthy experience here i go and i can work with minoan to help curate uh all the furniture that i might need for that that space at ridiculous discounts and then again to your the point you just made i can probably chart like my nightly rate can probably go you know this better than me but your nightly rate can probably increase by 25 50 and maybe even a couple hundred bucks a night because simply because of the furnishings that you now have as opposed to like hey you bought this stuff you know secondhand or even you you know you bought this full price from west elm right um and being able to like recruit those costs to it just turns your home your your, your str into just so much more of an asset um and you've you just instantly overnight end up developing additional you know revenue streams for for your your business and that's 
and you need this shit anyways. Like you need a couch, yeah. right? So you might as well get a nice couch that will like you know has the possibility of paying for itself. And even if it doesn't pay for itself, you know, overnight, it's still at a substantial discount than where you'd find that couch anywhere else. Yeah, and um no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, short-term rentals, we kind of, it's like, we lump it in as one category, but it's just like hospitality and that there's different segments of hospitality. There's yeah. like uh opening price point, which is like choice. I mean, choices, and that's a good business. I mean, choice has a really good business operating. I think they were like comfort in, um, but they're like opening price point. You know, we're going to be the, as inexpensive as possible. And we're yep. just getting people who are passing through. And then you go all the way up to like the four seasons or man, there's even places that are like, you know, really, really, really crazy. And yeah. Um, and they all have different margin profiles as well. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I don't know if people in the short-term rental space, when they're designing, uh, not, well, not, I know a lot of people do, but not everyone who goes in designs and says like, what segment do I want to be in? Yeah. Like, do I want this much in that? Do I want to try and compete with people on price where it's me versus someone who left all the same furniture that their grandma had in this place? 30 years ago and is charging, you know, 40, 50 bucks a night, or do I want to go up and try and compete on experience where people want to spend time at the house and enjoy the house and take pictures. And that's where, that's where the margins generally are, are better. Yeah. Um, and I think we can help people get there without spending what you would normally expect to spend. And we work with, again, 200 brands. I mean, like talking about Instagrammable, like we work with our place, which is like the ah. most Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> product out there like these beautiful uh pots and pans and cookware we work with blue land that makes really nice soaps uh shampoos and cleaning supplies we work with uh outer that makes like incredible outdoor furniture. we work with burrow we're with all these yeah. and then we do work with these big national brands like west Elm and potter barn and yeah, Article. yeah yeah but there, there's a lot there's a lot of brands in there and so you can really sort of make the space your own and it doesn't feel cookie cutter it's like you know, cause I think designing these places is a form of self-expression and it's like the most fun part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what people, and, and that's what all the, a lot of the people that I've had on the show who are doing this, who are building their own collections or building their own, you know, portfolios of, of STRs, like a lot of them get joy out of the, the branding, if you will, of, of the space, right. And the marketing of it, like, Hey, you know, I, I think about, I've talked about her a few times, but, um, Amy, who's from All Belong Co, um, Amy Corbett. She's got a nice uh, portfolio of Airbnbs in like Lynch, Lynchburg, Virginia. And um, yeah. she has done such a great job with like her, the design of her spaces and whatnot. And she develops like a, a little mini brand for each of her spaces. And we were chatting about how her favorite part of the whole experience is like going into a new home that's gonna join their, their portfolio, their collection, and then being able to say, okay, like what is the story that this place is trying to tell? And then how do I curate furniture and and um other amenities accordingly right and i feel like <laughs> that that story I, I hear time and time and time again and so now you've just made it easier for folks to spend a little bit more um and justify that expense i and at, at the end of the day deliver a more differentiated product um which is amazing this is this is awesome so yeah, how, yeah go and ahead go tell ahead. the story and tell the story to the guests i mean because we have we set something up like this at each property that says found something you like yeah it's a stand little stand-up card yeah 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 and so um oh yeah sorry so so we designed these like tasteful sort of touch points so it's like hey if you see if you're looking around you like what you see scan this code we'll take you to this curated shoppable experience where we then tell the story and things that we're adding into that you know we've talked about uh, working with the designers to do like about the home where they can be uh -huh. like well you know, because the sun sets on, on this side of the house, we really wanted to make sure we cleared out this window so you get great natural sunlight and views. And we're really stuck with a Western theme. So you see us losing a lot of woods and a lot of you know, these materials. Like, I think that it's all part of branding. Yeah. It's like, because, and, and it takes the subconscious into the conscious. So you can walk in as a guest and be like, man, this place is like nice. Yeah. Like you don't really put it together like, why it's like, why wow, it's, it's nice feel, yeah i feel it and then being able to be like oh interesting oh yeah that is a nice touch oh yeah. i didn't think about like oh, okay oh like so i think like it, it should really just be euphoric and yeah. part of the guest experience and um and i mean those are the real valuable moments yeah. like um 
you know, talking about marketing, it's like there's basically a, a duopoly. It feels like on marketing, <laughs> Google and Facebook. Yeah. And it's like, yes, they can shotgun your product out and get in front of millions and millions of people. But like, what's the value of that one second impression? There yeah. is value. Obviously, people convert and they buy. But that versus this really rich moment where you're going to be part of someone's life. These products are going to be part of someone's life for two, three days a week. I, I just think that that's really special and valuable and um, and it's unintrusive. That's why you call it native. It's like, Hey, this stuff, you're going to use it. You know, yeah. if you want to learn more, you can, if not like ignore, ignore the little card yeah. and just go your way. You know what? Uh, you're, you just reminded me of this, this story and I kid you not this, this did happen. And again, we were, we were on the road for like, you know, a year and a half. And so I, I think we were not like your average, you know, short-term rental guest per se, but what we did do on a couple of occasions when we'd find like a nice place and we were scrolling through Airbnb, we'd like breathe through the amenities. And there were a few times where like we thought, um, oh, hey, we've been interested in trying like cafe appliances, right? Which are like trendy and everyone wants, or you know, a lot of people that we talk to want them. And we were thinking about getting them for, for our place. And we legitimately chose a short-term rental to stay at because we were deciding between two or three of them. And this one in particular had cafe appliances and like we had never used them ourselves. So we're like, oh, Let's stay here so we can try this out to help make, you know, an informed buying decision, which is, which is ridiculous. And I, you know, not that, not that like people are actually making decisions on where to stay because of your appliances, but I, I would imagine your, your more avid travelers at some point, right, might take those amenities into consideration when they see, Hey, you have an avocado mattress or you have a purple mat, whatever it might be. Yeah. For for some people, right, especially if you're if you're designing for a more um, you know luxe sort of escape, that those factors might actually really matter in their decision to choose your home over another. Yeah, I mean, for me, the example there is I'm always looking for like again. I told you I'm very disciplined. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like very specific on like I like to work out in the morning, yeah. and ideally I like to use some sort of weights. Like um, I like looking for places that have a facility or access to a facility where I can just maintain my habit. Yeah. And I know I talk to people, um, you know, Mike Sjorn who's, who's big in the industry is a big coffee guy. And so you've, I've heard him talk a lot about like making sure that the coffee, um, spaces, the rentals are really, are really clean. Like, um, you know, I think your example is, 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 uh, it's not as rare as you think. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. People want to. And then if it's not just one appliance, but you're telling the story across like 20, 30, 40 types of products. Yeah. Oh, they have DVLA speakers. Oh, I've heard a lot about those. I've, I, I want to know what those are like or caraway cook sets yeah. or smart ovens. Yep. Or, I mean, there are some awesome shower heads out, out, out there. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever purchased a shower head, but it's like, pretty no. much gam like you know you don't know what it's going to feel like until you install it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so you've already paid for it and so so you know, how does how does this like talk walk us through how this works so like if you're if you're a short-term rental host right like who who are who are minoan customers right now like do i have to buy am i buying like a subscription to like access this stuff like am i is it just kind of like one off like how how does it talk talk to us about how it actually works yeah. So on the host side, we have an application flow. So people can go to minoanexperience.com, click join us, uh, answer a few questions. Uh, and what we're looking for is basically people who who are in the bucket we've been talking about, which yeah. is like they really are priding themselves on offering experiences yeah. um, and curating experiences because that's where, where we're the most helpful. So we'll ask questions about the listing, you know, if they haven't, if it's not, if it's hasn't been built yet, what their approach is, how they're thinking about it. And if we think it's a good fit, we approve them. Um, and uh, access to the uh, platform is currently free for hosts. I mean, we make our money based off of commissions we collect from the brands for driving sales or like yep. rebates where it's like, Hey, we, you know, we hit uh, 2 million or something. This is when you're supposed to write us a check to do that. That's how we negotiate, um, our, uh, like savings. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's how it works. And we're, we're really focused. We've been really focused on the independent host. Yeah. Um, I think honestly they need the most, that's where I'm like, 
oh my gosh, you're buying all this stuff at retail? No, yeah, no. Yeah. Stop. Like, and also a lot of them have other full-time jobs and it's like chaotic. And it's yeah. like, how do I do this? What do I need to buy? You know, it's like, well, if it's a from scratch rental and a two bedroom, you're probably buying 200 items. Maybe yeah. You need all the stuff Jeez. for the kitchen, all the stuff for the, so that's where we can offer the most support. And that's where we've started, but we've gotten a lot more like broader property management groups because what we've realized is there are no systems for this stuff. Yeah. The best system we've seen is just like a well-made Google sheet. Even these <laughs> Big, 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 big short-term rental companies. I mean, the ones that are in the news that have raised a lot, a lot, a lot of money. They don't really have strong systems for furnishing. They'll have really good systems for selecting properties, acquiring properties, pricing, cleanings, um, you know, all these other things. But furnishing is kind of like a free-for-all. There's no technology uh, being used to track things in one place, see when stuff's going to arrive and and so we've started actually working with the larger, more sophisticated groups just because technology can be very, very helpful yeah. um, here just as an organizing principle. And a lot of the administrative work that people end up doing manually can be automated. So um, but that's sort of, I don't even know if I answered your question, no, no, but that's no, no. what we work with on the hosting side. No, I'm just getting all these ideas of like, like imagine, right, being able to, once you've worked with a host uh, a couple of times, you understand their collective, like you understand the brand that they're going for. Just being able to be like, you know, hey, Zach, uh, when I when I log into my Minoan account or whatever, I see all these pre-selected like items that like fit my color palette for like the home that I did here. And if I'm gonna go spin up another home, right, I can decide, oh, okay, I have all this stuff that is already curated, like that is already matches kind of what, what I've done before and what's worked before. Now I just wanna filter, I'm, I'm going for a little bit more of like a calming, like, I don't know, like ocean aesthetic, I'm making shit up. Yeah. And then it like in real time, it, it can pull over all the products of brands that I already have strong affinity for that now match this new you know color palette. And then, you know, click of a button, I can purchase the couch, you know, the mattress, the lamps, like everything, the mugs, right? Um, it, it is brilliant. I, I, I'm getting super excited about this actually, because, because I do feel like to your point, th this is, this is a major friction point for house. It's where, it's where a lot of them want to spend, especially the smaller like shops where they might have between, you know, five and 20 properties, right? They're not managing yeah. 200, but they have, you know, five or 20. This, if, if, if it's true that this is one of the places where people actually enjoy spending the most time, how do we, how do we help make that time? even more valuable and even more efficient and just quite frankly, like more fun. And it seems like that's what you guys are trying to tap into. Yeah. And you nailed it. I mean, and we'll work with big groups on standardizing their program. So it'll be like, okay, you uh, really yeah. like, you owe, you really like, I'm um, going back to uh, our place, the cookware, you really like the always fan. Okay, mm. good. Well, okay. Well in these properties, the, the charcoal color is probably really good for you. Cause you have this like sort of ah, deeper theme of like, yeah. you know, more blacks, more elegant, um, or black and white and stuff like that. And then it's like, Oh, but this one, this beach theme, you have a lot more pastels and light colors. And so you should actually use the light blue, um, but helping them standardize like yeah. the program. Um, Oh, you're launching, you're launching 30 properties this month. So you need to furnish 30 kitchens. Okay. Well, you know, we know that you really like leeway bowls and plates and silverware and it ships all in one place and we can save you a ton yeah. of money. And we know you really like get it right products or OXO products or so we're helping people kind of create standardized lists because, you know, it's crazy going back to this. What? Like, Tell me. We talked to a company, very, very large. Um we're like, how do you guys manage procurement? Like, well, we have a list and then we have four people whose full-time job is to go to Amazon and add those products to the cart and then Jeez. ship them. To Jeez. Jeez. Four people full-time, full-time um, yeah. ordering all that stuff. Cause it's like, again, it's 200 items. So when you're launching, yeah, if you're launching 30 prop, one property a day, yeah, um, man, like it's, it's a lot like going in and, and doing that. And, um, it just shouldn't be. It's crazy. Like, why? It like, and we want to be like Am like we want to do all the good things that Amazon does, like really easy to use, like quick, very transparent. You can see tracking. 
but design it for businesses. Yeah. Amazon's designed for consumers. So you're paying full retail. Yeah. Amazon doesn't know that you're going to be creating these rich moments between products and people in your spaces. They're not pricing that in, in the way we are. So we're trying to bring that ease of use of Amazon, combine that with uh, the savings uh, and just make it easy. Cause if there's anything I've learned <laughs> talking to hosts in the last year, it's like, you know, I mean, you'll have your hands full just dealing with the property and the guests. Yeah. The stuff that breaks or goes wrong with the property and guests that, you know, are tough to work with. Like you shouldn't have to worry about, um, you know, the other stuff should be easy. And so that's what we want to help with. Yeah. Dude, this is amazing. I, I think this is a, a real need, uh, especially, especially in this market. I'm sure you guys are exploring and or thinking, you know, beyond just the short term rental space. But like, I do feel like this is a great place to start. Um, with native retail, because again, it, uh, you've got all short term rentals have never been like hotter. It's a, it's a market that everyone, a lot of people care a lot about right now. There are these custom builds happening. There are people that are saying, you know what, gone are the days when an Airbnb equals like a couch, right. In a kind of cold, you know, moldy smelling place. Like (laughs) those days are gone. Uh, people are taking these things very, very seriously. Um, and obviously there's like natural segues into like boutique hotels and other things that you guys probably have started doing already, but will continue to do. But I do think this is like a great, a great, great, great space to start. Um, I'm excited, man. What, what's like the like funniest or most interesting thing somebody has like sold via Minoan? Uh, we sell all sorts of stuff. Well, one thing, one story that I love is uh, we had someone who actually did, I mentioned this as an example, but we did have uh, someone who actually bought, uh, we work with a company called Lalo, okay. which makes like really elegant looking, um, just like baby furniture, honestly. So like okay. high chairs, tables, and they have these like bib. It just like looks really good. Um, and uh, and we had a host who was like, I'm going to buy one. I want to make my my property like family friendly. I want to, so you know, she's like, normally I probably wouldn't, but with the discount, like it looks great. I want it. And it showed up uh, in reviews. So she's like, now people in the reviews. When oh they my come gosh. Watch, I thought the high chair was beautiful. I thought this looked. And so there these funny moments. That wasn't uh, purchases, but something that showed up in the reviews. We've sold like everything you can think of in a prop. Obviously linens are big. Yeah. Um, we're selling linens like I guess every day. Yeah. Um, uh, we sold, we had someone buy some hanging hooks, like, huh. which I almost didn't even want to set up. I was like, really? Why are we even going to make these shoppable? It's just these little hanging hooks that you drill into the wall for a coat, but they look nice. I mean, they look really nice. And uh, yeah, someone bought four of them. So they wanted to recreate their own little. Yeah. We've sold uh teak stools. Okay. Uh, we go in the shower. Oh yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really get it first, but people on my team are like, no, it's for sh- when you yeah, shave your yeah, legs, it's yeah. really hard to do it standing up. So, and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And so we sold a few of those uh, mattresses or big sellers, fellow tea kettles are these like beautiful gooseneck. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've seen those dude. Like electric kettles that just like make a kitchen look. It's like uh, we, I actually bought one myself after <laughs> using it at Mint House, which is one of our partners. I was like, this thing is awesome. And I'm sick of putting kettles on the, uh, you know, on the, on the stove. Floor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, I was one who purchased there, but we sell a lot of those outside of it. I mean, we sell like, I mean, it makes really, it, yeah. Every, I mean, it, it, it makes that, that inspiration strikes yeah. in the craziest, of with course. the craziest products. Of course. I, I, I'll, I'll leave you with this story. Like I remember distinctly there was this one coffee mug that I used and, um, this was, I think this was in an Airbnb in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I just, I just loved the feel of the the coffee mug. And I, and I'm a huge, huge coffee guy. And I'm like always, you know, I'm, I'm super particular and I, I am like a coffee reheater. Um, and one of those, <laughs> um, and so like, I, I like, I like something like ceramic and cool. Um, but, but that, but also that like, like, you know, molded to my hand really easily and you know, whatever I'm high maintenance. Anyways, I found like the perfect (laughs) one at this Airbnb and I was like, oh my gosh, like, like the temptation to steal it was like never stronger, never stronger. (laughs) So what I did though, is I, I uh, DM'd the host and I was like, Hey, like, where did you get this? And it turns out there, she got it from this vendor down the street 
who, you know, makes their own pottery. And so I went to the vendor down the street and I bought the closest thing. It wasn't identical to it, but it was like the closest thing I could find to to that mug. And like legitimately, I went out of my way to go do that. Now, that host was great and kind and told me where to go. And that host didn't get a kickback from that at all. Right. Um, and yet, it, you know, it was such a it was such a it was like the perfect mug. And I had been looking for the friggin perfect mug for a while. And so anyways, I, I feel like you guys are building something that is totally needed. The fact that it can help, again, increase revenue for short-term rental hosts is, is incredible. But then at the end of the day, also help them, help give them the freedom to create, right, with less bounds, right, to be able to create maybe a little bit more freely than they would otherwise because of these incentives that are in place to, to help make the money back. So I, big fan, dude. Um, yeah, keep up the good work. I don't know. I've just been like fanboying over you. This is kind of weird. That one, but. that localized <laughs> one is a big one that we're looking at next year is like, that's what I'm actually really passionate about. Like, um, yeah, using short-term rentals as a hub of local commerce. Yeah. Where it's like how do you get local part, local artists, local ceramicists, local woodworkers, you know, because that's what a lot of hosts want. They want to bring in yeah. local um uh, and so there's some complexities that creates on a platform side. You become a little bit more like an Etsy. So you yep, have lots, yep. lots, lots, like you have to build tooling and, um, but that's something that we're, yeah, that the, lo that local is a great example of something that is, we're really passionate about and hopefully we'll be able to make yeah. situations like that easier. Well, Mark, this has been awesome, man. I uh, really appreciate your time. And thanks for sharing your your story with us. For folks that want to learn a little bit more about Minoan, um, they can go to minoanexperience.com. That's the website, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. And we'll throw that link in the show notes as well. So it's just easy to go and access there. And then Mark will go ahead and throw uh, any of your social channels, uh, social handle handles rather that you'd want to um, shout out there. All those will be in the, in the show notes um, as well. But dude, yeah, keep we up dropped the good a lot work. of tips on Instagram. We oh, dropped good. some tips on Instagram about how to furnish your kitchen or think about different things. So definitely worth perfect. Uh, we'll link the Instagram below. Sir, thanks for everything that you're doing. Appreciate your time and thanks for coming on. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's Cheap Flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.